movie it's incredible it's so consistent from beginning to end all the details are right all the performances are spot on all the way through the film i love this film it's funny it's so weird and yet it's sort of quite simple as well because it, it is sort of like you know who's controlling who and like there's puppets in there and it's all all about you know kind of identity and, and things like that it's as Kind of brilliant and bizarre and quite unlike anything else since so i was really happy you picked it and really enjoyed um, watching it again so thank you hey everybody welcome to this episode of flicks watcher podcast i'm joined by matt hi thea hello and john malkovich aka helen hello and we're going to be talking about being john helen <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today we have Matt and Thea. If you would like to say hello and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Um, okay, my name is Matt Houlihan. Um, I'm a co-presenter with Thea on a podcast called The Podcast Review Show. Um, and we got to know Flix Watcher people by reviewing their show. Um, and I think we were favourable, Thea, weren't we, towards We it? were indeed. Um, let me so... refer to my spreadsheet and uh, let you know, yes, we were indeed very favourable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we liked it. Um, so, yeah, so we have a podcast that reviews podcasts and it's weird now we're going to be reviewing films, which... I've never done before. I don't know about Thea. I don't know whether you've done that in any capacity before. Um, Not in any formal capacity, no. So, um, Is this a formal capacity, Helen? Is it? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It is to us. It is to us. It's not in a pub. <laughs> well, well, thank you for joining us. And, you know, re- the reviews of podcasts will translate to reviews of films. But first of all, um, yeah, thank you very much for reviewing us. We did catch your episode and I've listened to a few more of your episodes um, because it's, it's very entertaining. But do you, what kind of interactions do you tend to get from the people who you interview, um, both positively and negatively, should we say? There's been a couple of, um, well, so recently we did a, an episode with two sci-fi shows, two sci-fi drama shows. One of them was a BBC-affiliated show called We Fix Space Junk, and the other one was, Thea, what was it called? Um, uh, Remainder the Remainders. The Remainders. The Remainders, an American podcast, post-apocalyptic podcast. And I'm afraid we kind of tore Remainders apart. Um, And it's funny that over over the last while, we've tended to sort of pre-screen our podcast because we don't want to sound too mean to people who just haven't got their shit together, um, to put it bluntly. So Remainders, we were... Well, we do give considered reviews of them, so but we weren't very kind to them. But they took it on the chin and, and they tweet, tweeted back at us and go, well, at least we all we ask for is that people listen to us seriously and thank you for listening to us seriously. So there's been a few like that. We've got an on, an ongoing feud with a 
with a podcast <laughs> co- called Arch- Archie and Reg, and they oh. keep uh, sniping at us because we weren't very kind to them. Generally, well, you, you two, you and Richard, you. yeah, our third, our third co-host, Richard, who isn't with us today. I mean, he's he is alive and and well. Um, and you, <laughs> and Matt, I, and Richard, what you say in these COVID times. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Um, Matt and Richard were not kind to Archie and Reg, and I I liked them. I mean, they are. The characters are dreadful, loathsome fellows, and that's what I like about their podcast. Um, but they they did not take it on the chin, and they kept sending it back to us. So that's kind of the interaction we have. Um, people are are pleased, uh, of course. Who isn't with a with a positive and favorable review and a and a hearty recommendation? So um, I think the podcast review show. Uh, the point is to review podcasts, but also to recommend them. So there, we really want to recommend podcasts to listen to. So most of them are going to be fairly favorable, I'd say. Well, I think quite early on here, we decided um, to not let people pick obviously bad films unless there was like a hook to it because it just becomes, it comes to be kind of, kind of hard. And mm-hmm. I think the last bad film... B movie. That through was B movie, yeah. But that was, but that was, you know, the person who puts B movie. She watched as a kid and wanted to see what it was like as an adult, and it wasn't good either time. But it's, you know, <laughs> if they have an interesting option, if they have, if they have an interesting angle, then it's good. Yeah. Um, but we're here today to hopefully talk about good film, which is your choice, I believe, Matt, and that's that, being John Malkovich. That's correct. Yep, being John Malkovich. So, can you tell us first of all why you chose it and give us a review in less than a minute? A review or synopsis? No, a, a synopsis. Synopsis. Okay, so you've listened to our podcast more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, why did I pick being John Malkovich? Um, uh, I, I first saw it when it came out. Absolutely loved it, and have been looking for a reason to watch it again. Amongst there's so much stuff to watch nowadays, as you both will admit, the TV and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be looking for an excuse to watch it again. See, does it stand up to? to being as good as I thought it was when it first came out. Um, So that's basically why I picked it. Um, Synopsis. So, um, Craig Schwartz is a puppeteer, and he's a kind of down on his luck, but very true to his his art puppeteer. And he's forced to take a job in order to make ends meet. Um, He works on the seventh and a half floor, which has a ceiling mm-hmm. that I'm going to guess is about four and a half, five foot tall, which means all the people in the, in the, on that floor are walking around bent over. And he finds in his office one day behind a filing cabinet a door that leads to a portal that leads directly into John Malkovich's brain. And you stay, if you go to the portal, you enter John Malkovich's brain for 15 minutes and then you're spat out on the New Jersey Turnpike. And then what happens after that is that... Um, Schwartz's, Craig Schwartz's wife kind of discovers that she's transsexual by going into John Malkovich's mind. And uh, what follows is kind of a sex farce, I suppose is the best way to describe it. Well, um, Thea, Thea, is it a sex farce as far as you're concerned? Is it a sex farce? Uh, there is farcical sex, I suppose, in it. Um, and uh, it, is, uh, it is a relationship farce. Who's the puppet? Who's the puppeteer? What, what do you think? in this yeah 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 Yeah. um so then anyway markovich finds out what's going on and and things spiral out of control and it yeah and uh, yeah i I don't know how much more you want me to say but um, that's that's great i mean it's one of those films where if you went into detail in the synopsis people are like what you're talking about mate if they haven't watched the film so there's no point going into like super high detail agreed in it um helen you 
I think you're quite pleased when this was announced. What What are your thoughts? I don't, I don't know. I can't read your face. Um, I love this film. I'm pretty sure I saw it at the cinema and I just remember seeing it and I don't think I'd ever seen anything like this before. Was it Charlie Kaufman's first screenplay, I think? And it yeah, was right. Spike Jones's film debut as well. Obviously, he'd done loads of music videos, but I was a big fan of John Cusack anyway. And I just... It was like, what is this? It's it's funny, it's bizarre, it's so weird. And yet it's sort of quite simple as well because it, it is sort of like, you know, who's controlling who and like there's puppets in there and it's all, all about, you know, kind of identity and, and things like that. But I absolutely love it. And watching it again, I, I still think it's as kind of brilliant and bizarre and quite unlike anything else since. So... I was really happy you picked it and really enjoyed um, watching it again. So thank you. You're welcome. What are your thoughts, Thea? I um, I do recall seeing it in the cinema as well, and I recall that I liked it. I can't. I was thinking, you know, what was my reaction? I enjoyed it. It was clever. It was funny. I made sure that I sounded clever when I was talking about it. I I I, I wouldn't put that past myself. Um, and then um, thinking about it and preparing to watch it, I wasn't too excited about watching it. I thought, oh, no, is this going to be um, overly complicated and overly clever for me? And am I fatigued about um, this kind of creativity? (laughs) Uh, And then um, I watched it and I I really, really enjoyed it. I I watched it a couple of days ago and um, it was very funny. It was very funny Uh, for me. uh, It really kicks in when... John Malkovich is um, not just um, a a passive uh, victim of what's happening, but uh, he's still uh, a victim of it. But when he's very much engaged and is telling people to get out of his head and when he gets into his own head, Mm. it's it's marvelous. I really I love that part. And I love um, I really like John Malkovich, the character John Malkovich embodying the mannerisms of. John Cusack as well. I thought that was very, very <laughs> enjoyable and funny and clever and layered. I really liked it. And what about you, Kobe? Well, thank you very much for asking, Thea. Oh, you're very um, welcome. <laughs> so this is the second time I've seen it, and I was looking forward to this a lot because I, I didn't see it in the cinema. It was kind of like a, a DVD recommendation back when DVDs happened at a, a blockbuster, and the guy kind of gets to know me and realize I, I didn't mind films that weren't just run-of-the-mill blockbusters. Um, and he recommended it to me. I was like, what the hell is this? As I watched it, I really enjoyed it. And so it was really, this, would, this was the second time I've seen it. Really looking forward to the rewatch. And for me, I don't think it, it, it didn't hit the highs as much as the first time because I kind of knew what was coming. Whereas I think there's such a benefit in literally having no idea what, what's going to happen around every, every turn. Um, but it was great to revisit it. And it's just, I mean, it's for so many different reasons, I love the, the kind of, there's Meta being inside John Markovich's head, but head, but then there's Meta, who's the puppet, and who's who's the puppeteer who wants to control these other people. Um, so it works in lots of different ways, and also with all the casting, there is something that I really like. So the first time I watched it, it took me like ninety percent of the film before I realised it was Cameron Diaz um, mm-hmm. playing that role. It just really was like. I, I, she should do more films like that because she, she's a great actor and I'd love to see more do more things like that although I think she stopped acting now um, John Cusack has always been one of my favourite actors and I'm just, it's a bit of a crying shame he hasn't done more good stuff recently uh, and Malkovich is always an inter- entertaining entertaining screen presence 
um, whether it's into a film or not. So it's really good to see those guys. But yeah, just just overall, it's a good, fun, odd film. Uh, I have no idea. I think I'd super recommend it with caveats because there'll be some people who just think as a lunatic for for recommending it to them, and probably rightly so. I think it's not everyone's cup of tea, is it? Um. Well, obviously, it's not everybody's cup of tea because it didn't top the blockbusters charts or whatever, but it did fairly well. Um, but a couple of things you say about Cameron Diaz, apparently mm. loads of the crew didn't recognise her, didn't know who she was <laughs> when she was working on the film. And I think really? I think um, John Cusack's performance, I think, is a career best. I think it's really fantastic. He loses himself so much, and the character is such a... He's a bit of an arsehole. Well, he's oh, actually, actually more than a bit of an arsehole, um, considering the way he he, um, he behaves towards the, the Cameron Diaz character, towards Lottie. Um, and Catherine Keener, who you didn't mention, got nominated yeah. for an Oscar for that. It was a great role. She's plays, she plays like, an absolutely amazing role. Yeah. I think she's um, the MVP I, I always in enjoy her in, in everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting that her character, Maxine, is the... Apart from when she's forced into Malkovich at the end, she's the only like main character who doesn't voluntarily get into Malkovich's head and kind of has no interest in being in him. Yeah, mm. I think it's funny. One of the there's a few little funny jokes in it, and one of them, one of the funny little script jokes in it is both uh, Maxine and Lottie. They, they don't. They believe straight away. He tells them, "Oh, I yeah. found this portal into John Malkovich's head." And there's no. You don't go round this whole circle, narrative circle of having to him having to prove to them. It's just, oh yeah, okay. Well, what are we going to do about that? And that's that kind of tone <laughs> and those little things like that really make it above average and, and brilliant. It's astonishing to me that it's Spike Jones's for a first movie. It's incredible. It's so consistent from beginning to end. All the details are right. All the performances are spot on all the way through the film. But Spike Jones as a music director, and I, I, there was a phase where you could get a lot of musical directors, just their, their kind of back catalogue uh, of the, all the videos they've done. And he's got, a way of, he's got a very deft way of placing a camera. And I think that really works here. And he, he knows how to get performances out of people. Very much. He did a lot of Fatboy Slim uh, videos, for example, um, which are always good fun to watch. But yeah, Catherine Keener, I want to stick on her for a bit because her character was... So cutting of uh, John Cusack's Schwartz. character, Schwartz, and in a way that was just like she she knew exactly what he wanted from the start and was not interested. And I thought that was such a great. I think she's a puppet master. Yes, she's pulling all the strings. And even with we, even with um, Cameron Diaz's character, who she has a developing romantic uh, or sexual uh, engagement attraction with um she's very clear she's like I, I i i really love you but i really love you in john malkovich's body and that's the only way you, there's 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 no compromise she doesn't she doesn't compromise uh, throughout the film i think and yes the point that she never uh is uh, excited to go into john malkovich really um and everybody else is is dying to go into the porthole and out and be spat about the um new jersey turnpike and she doesn't and just um is quite the architect of the thing throughout. One thing that was a bit nitpicky about this on this watch was that I don't know the geography of of New York. Well, New I Jersey, know what you're going to say. But 15 minutes in John Malkovich's head <laughs> spits out the New Jersey Turnpike. Can you get there? Can you get there? And you know, because he he lets them into the porthole portal, and mm-hmm. then he picks them up as they as they spat out. Yeah. And you know, some things like that just 
irritate me slightly but really? in this kind of film but it's, yeah, not, it's not quite John Wick getting to Morocco on a boat in like two seconds though <laughs> no but he's you, you explained in that episode he said a few days though to get to Morocco <laughs> but there but, is another joke a, 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 a similar joke in the film is because um, when they jump to the bit where Markovich has become a puppeteer mm. the caption before it is eight months later and it has to be eight months later because of the pregnancy that's involved so the yeah. timeline has to make sense in terms of pregnancy but then they do this retrospective of John Markovich the puppeteer's career up until that point and it's massive and it must have spawned it must have spawned over years and years and years and years so in light of the fact that that's a kind of a nod and a wink to the audience I think the (laughs) 15 minutes to the the turnpike I don't think really is is a deal breaker for me anyway you know that has been me that is me being nitpicky and and, you know, if the problem is about uh, the distance between Manhattan and the Turnpike and not that somebody can actually go through a small door and be inside John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sold on that, Kobe. But the distance with that is yeah. the thing you're going to bring up. It is, I mean, genuinely, it's my, my, my small hill to die on with films is I'm happy things taking place in space and, mm. you know, whatever happens. But if something just doesn't happen, it's like... Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm it with does, you. It does, it, it does irritate me. You know, I'm, so, I, yeah, uh, I'm usually with you, but uh, I think I, I'm funnily, <laughs> and I, I'll make an exception in this case. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I Such do. Love. I get I get locked in on those things as well myself. Yeah, I was going to talk about the supporting cast. We also have um, a monkey called Elijah and um, the chimpanzee. boss chimpanzee. Chimpanzee, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> don't know my apes, and also um, the boss of. Um, Oh, what's it called? Thingy Corp. Lester who, Corp. Lester Corp, who um, isn't who he says he is. He's basically someone who's been travelling through these vessels, which Melkovich happens to be a vessel that becomes ripe at the age of 44. <laughs> 40, right. And I love that. You can I love that travel ripe. and be eternal um, through that. So, we, you know, the supporting cast is a crazy bunch. He's And his secretary I is... I love her, Mary Kay Place. She's fantastic. And she just, I'm afraid I have no idea what you're saying to me. I, I'm probably going to use that line a lot. I'm, I'm afraid I have no idea what you're saying to me. Uh, and she's, she's wonderful. And, uh, and the fact that, um, that, that Craig is John Malkovich in the end ends up with her is perfect because of course he's the boss, uh, is inhabiting is inhabiting John Malkovich at the end with his um his balding aging pal Charlie Sheen who is also in this film which is yeah. mad <laughs> yeah some great cam- cameos in it yeah um Helen you were going to, you were going to say you were saying in, in an email about the fact that it was made in 1999 yes so I um I had a look and I, I wrote a big list of films but basically Every groundbreaking film by what I'd probably call modern cinema was released in this year. Um, Phantom Menace? I, I can give a few. So that is on the <laughs> list. The <laughs> but that took place in space, so it's okay. So we had The Sixth Sense. We had Toy Story 2. We had Talented Mr. Ripley. We had The Matrix. We had Three Kings. We had All About My Mother, Virgin Suicides, American Beauty, Fight Club, Magnolia, Ten Things I Hate About You, The Blair Witch Project, Boys Don't Cry, The Insider, Man on the Moon, Dogma, The Mummy, Straight Story, Summer of Sam, Rat Catcher, Existence, uh, election, Eyedwise Shut, Galaxy Quest, Ghost Dog, Go, and Room for a Romeo Brass. And some of those films are basically the beginning of 
careers of directors which you know would later go on to do you know bigger things um you know loads of oscar winners there and it just really felt like something was happening with film and i think for me sort of reflecting on how much of an effect marvel's had with how films are made how they're financed um how they're marketed and everything that for me personally i don't think we've seen a year like this since i can't think of a year that would come out where there's just so much talent so such a range of films as well that you know we've got this and you know even if you just pick two from that year the the talent involved and kind of where certain actors are at that particular point like we've done the talented mr ripley before and you know three that kings. film's unbelievable three kings as well we've done that there's so spike jones is in that yeah, in I was say, acting yeah. role you know the the blair witch project which changed horror for you know, mm. years to come. Even things like American Pie completely revamped kind of the teen movie, which led to so many sequels and has changed how teen movies have gone since then. And the whole, you know, the hangover probably might not have existed without American Pie being made. So oh, man. there was just some, <laughs> some and, you know, look at, you know, at the, I think at this time, Spike Jones and Sophia Coppola would have been dated. So she had her debut film out then. So there's Prison just suicides. yeah, there's just so much in this one year that when you go back and watch the films from that year, I just get this like weird energy about them. Yeah, yeah, and you're right to bring in Marvel because something's happened with the financing, hasn't it? I think that, that we've been downhill ever since in terms of independent films getting money. Um, given to them in order to make something creative and new. Now, of course, it's the streaming services that that yeah. that, that supply that that kind of creative um, juice, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think if this was to come out, this would come out now. It wouldn't be financed by the traditional studio, quote unquote. It would be, it would be a, a Netflix if they were interested, which they probably would be because the cast involved and everything um, would 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 push it through. And if no one sees it, there's no real skin off their nose. Yeah, well, Charlie um, Ch- Charlie Kaufman's next project is Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah, coming out next month, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a short series, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, he's, I mean, his career has been quite interesting. This is his uh, first writing, full feature writing, wasn't it? And then he wanted to do adaptation with Spike Jones after this. Um, Synecdoche. I never, never, never know how you say that. Synecdoche. 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 Hopefully the listeners will know what, don't say nothing. The, uh, they know what we're talking about. Yeah. Independent films. Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, these these films of that time and maybe even earlier would have been uh, the very beginning films of a new a new person, a new creator on the scene, or uh, financed. I seem to recall uh, big stars putting it into their contracts. You know, I'll do this series if I can uh, get funding or financing, or I'm allowed to to do this. And you always had to have a big heavy hitter anchor in order to get funding for something independent but but netflix and eventually netflix will have another another network that will compete in that way i imagine sundance for a long time was the home for all the arty independents right um and sundance the sundance channel isn't as ubiquitous as as netflix but maybe something oh, like that will come sundance? along there is a sundance channel it's a you know, kind of pay-per-view, isn't it? Am I wrong? Okay. No, well, I mean, we, well, we don't have it over here, Thea. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes, I yes, always, there is. I always keep yes. an eye out. Yeah. 
I do want to keep an eye on. <laughs> I do always like to keep an eye on things that come out of Sundance because they do um, they resonate with me more than Cannes and the bigger film festivals. They always have a, a, an interest in my heart. Um, I mean, just going back to this film before we head back to the scores, uh, Matt, you talked about Craig Schwartz and uh, John Cusack's character being such a twat, and I just want to lean into that bit because he really, within seconds of seeing Catherine Keener, he was into her, and he was just in a way that was nowadays I'm not sure that would be acceptable to portray portray on screen. But he had he had a loving wife who he said he loved, and they want to have a baby together, and suddenly he just sees this woman in the corner of his eye, and suddenly. I want you. And it's, and he wouldn't leave her alone, even though she says no a few times. It's really kind of, I find it kind of creepy. And that doesn't go away at all. It no. just gets more and more creepy. Yeah, uh, he leans into it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. And it's you're right to, to point that out. Because, and I think it's a shame that you don't get characters really unsympathetic characters that are drawn really, really, really well. The, the, nowadays, if you draw someone unsympathetically, then you could just dump them into the creep box and that's where they stay. You know, in terms of plot and in terms of of, of the way that everybody relates to them, um, but it's nice to have to, to have a bit of in depth look. They, uh, none of them are nice. I mean, she she's got a menagerie in her house with a load of ill animals that shouldn't be there. Yeah, they you are. Know, Ka- Catherine Keene is a bitch. The the only one is Doctor Lester, and he's a you know a sort of a, a he's, he's I'm not a even sure as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. John he's Malkovich worse. is yeah, the only yeah. one just living his life. You know, it's um, yeah. There is there is a a, a cruelty, uh, particularly Craig. Craig is I mean very symbolically and literally he locks his wife in a cage. He's so envious of her potential relationship with Catherine Kinnear. So there's there's that as well. That's just cruel and unkind. And and he's consumed by jealousy and greed. And Catherine Kinnear just wants to commodify the experience. And, and I guess until she she develops a relationship with the Cameron Diaz character. Not nice. Should we head to the scores, guys? Sure. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Let's uh, head to the spreadsheet of dreams, aka the <laughs> Flixwatcher scores. Oh, um, I think you, you're looking forward to this, weren't you, Thea? I am. I am. I do. <laughs> I do love I'll a good mark. scoring spreadsheet. I really do. <laughs> um, just a reminder that all of our scores are out of five, and you may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Matt, to kick off the scoring with your recommendability, please. Recommendability. Um, if someone, if I recommended this to somebody and they came back at me going, oh, "That was really rubbish. What are you going to do that?" Then that's fine. You're no longer my friend. So it's a five out of five for a recommendation. Oh, really? Yeah, it's for a, sure. It's an acid test film, is it? For yeah, you? why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> a harsh five. Gosh, hard pointy five. You know, with the uh, the the podcast review show when we're reviewing 
podcasts and also recommending them, we think about to whom would we recommend this? Because not not everything, all things are for all people. Um, so yes, I have to think, would I recommend this to my 94-year-old mother? I would, in fact, recommend this to my 94-year-old mother. I might have to explain a few plot points, but I think she'd like it very much. I, I think she probably saw it when it came out. Um, uh, I have a couple of pals who I probably wouldn't recommend it to, but is it worth recommending? Absolutely. And it has to be a 4.75 from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just say, can I just jump back and say that, that with recommendability, this is one of those films, my son is getting into movies at the moment, and this mm-hmm. is one of those films that I love to have in a back pocket to go, wait till you see this. This is going to be really, really up your alley. And so so how, how old is he, your son at the moment? He'll be 15 in a couple of weeks. Okay, so he could, so yeah, this is... Nearly time. He's nearly <laughs> right for it. He's right. Oh, he's seen much... <laughs> He's seen much worse. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about any any antics that happen on the screen. Yeah. I think it's more. If it, I'd seen this at 15, I, I would have been like, "What is this?" Yeah. Really? But yeah. then, uh, but I think you know, this is. I think I saw it at the right time. Yeah. Uh, a bit a bit older for me would have been would have been better. Yeah. Uh, Helen. I wish I'd have seen this at 15. I really do. <laughs> um, it would have blown my mind even even more than it did when I saw it. Um, God, I, I love this film. There's just so many things that I really lo- like about it. And I, th- I don't think I'd ever really seen John Malkovich in films apart from maybe Con Air. So I don't think I'd really seen him sort of acting, acting. I'd seen him kind mm. of like shouting or being a bit weird. So it, going back to this was just a real joy to see him just like really going for it. Because it could have gone one way. I mean, there's, there's there's loads of trivia about this. So if you enjoy this, just go and have some trivia. But they really, John Malkovich like wasn't into it at the start, and they gradually wore him down until he he sort of said yes. But at one point, he was like, you know, why can't it be being Tom Cruise or something? And they just wanted him so much that they ended up getting him by wearing him down. So that'd be a lesson if you want someone to do your film. Um, I mean that's that's like Craig Craig Swartzen. It just wears her down, um, or tries to wear. Not with romance, but if you want someone to work with on your film, then you can you wear can repeatedly down. try, or to get them on your podcast, <laughs> repeatedly ask them, and they might come on. Um, the thing is, I can't I can't give it a five because I things could I I give it four point seven because I think I could recommend it to everyone, but not everyone would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to go quite a bit lower than you guys. I'm going to go for 3.8 here um, because it's such a weird film. And I, I think, uh, hey, you got your score. Listen to me. <laughs> uh, I think there'll be a lot of people that aren't very thinly literate or think don't think outside the box who would think it's just absolutely insane uh, and don't really take to it and would ask lots of questions more so than the 15 minutes to to the New Jersey Turnpike. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as, as Thea said, it's who you, to whom would you recommend it? And I think there would be some people who just think, I, I don't know why you told me this is a good film, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, which is absolutely yeah. fine. Uh, I wouldn't dis, uh, defriend them, uh, Matt. Um, <laughs> this is not an acid test film for me. Um, but I, I was thinking, yeah, so we're going to put three by eight, but I think, I don't know if they, I don't know if you know, Helen, if they had any more people in their back pocket, if uh, John Markovich was going to turn it down, because presumably it was his name on the script right from the start, not just being actor 
not being A-list actor, brackets will find out who they're going to be soon, close brackets. Was it always John Malkovich or was it... Tom Cruise was mentioned, but I don't know how seriously they took that. And, and initially Malkovich wanted, said, okay, I'll, I'll direct it. When he first read it, he said, I'll direct it with, with somebody else in, in, the, in the role of the, the John Malkovich role. Yeah. Um, I also wanted someone else to be John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. John Malkovich <laughs> wanted to direct it with somebody else in it, yeah. Because um, he, he does okay. have to fully commit, because even, even the scenes, like when he's being the puppet and doing the, the, the dance, Craig Schwartz yeah. Fandango dance that they showed, they showed at the start of the film, he has to be fully in that, even though you know there was there was stunt actors there. Um, he's he's fully committing to it, and you know that Markovich Markovich scene, which is one of the bizarre scenes mm. in cinema history, where his head is on like a hundred different people. And he a must baby. Have been... <laughs> Babies are still people. That's <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I acknowledge this. Um, that he must have been fully into it at that point, unless I mean I heard of Conair, who's properly just pissed off all the way through that film because he didn't realise what it was. But I imagine with this, maybe once he got started, he was like, "Oh, okay, I see what you're doing." And but for, but for him to give his name to a new feature director and a new writer, that must have been quite a big step, though. Very much so, yeah. But he had the utmost respect for Jones and and Kaufman. Um, once once he got into it, you know. But then there was also the Safdie brothers went after an actor for years and years and years, wasn't there? Um, after um, uh, Uncut Gems? Yeah, um, for Adam Sandler. And they went after Adam Sandler for, for more than 10 years, I think, in order mm. to get him in the movie, didn't they? So I think they had to do Good Time first and show that what show they, could, that they do. could do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where, whereas Kaufman and, Kaufman and uh, Jones were looking, this is our first time doing this properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine will this you, being your first us? first film as a director yeah. <laughs> or a writer. It's like it's astonishing. It really is. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, repeat viewing score. I'm not a big one on repeat viewing anything, really, to be honest with you. And because it, the plot is so, it's it's very plot driven. So if you've seen it recently, I can't see the value in seeing it again very soon. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a. Two and a half, three. I'll say a three because I, I, I tend not to, 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 to repeat things until I've really half forgotten them in my dotage. So yeah, repeat viewing score. Um, I've seen this film twice and the repeat viewing uh, is going to be a pretty low score because I, I think I've, I've seen enough and I've seen it enough, I think. Um, so I'm going to give it a three. Uh have I spent a lot of time thinking about it since I watched it, uh, certainly in preparation for our conversation with you, but I'm, I'm done now with that. And um, I'm a little, I'm a little fatigued. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I'm a little fatigued from being John Malkovich. So it's a three. Helen. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to join in the three club. I think I've probably seen it sort of once about every 10 years. I've maybe seen it at least three. Does that mean- has that been thir- no? It can't been thirty years since. Oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> we? um, You're Doctor Lester, aren't you? Twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, definitely... How old are you? One hundred and five. Yeah. <laughs> definitely are, seen are... it twice, and I think I definitely saw it. Um, I had the DVD, so I must have watched it quite a few times when it it came out on DVD. But like, if I think if I compare this to like Eternal Sunshine, like I'd watch Eternal Sunshine probably every day if it was offered to me. Um, whereas 
this, I think every, every, I don't know, let's say every three years is about enough for me. So three. Um, I'm going for, I'm going a bit lower than you guys again, 2.5. Um, I think it's, I think it will definitely not be something I'll rewatch often, but definitely something I think after the first time watching it, I was, I was kind of transfixed and it was before you could just delve into the internet really it was before wikipedia before um you could really delve into a film and, and talk about it so it did kind of sit in my in my conscience for a while um and i've seen it again i'm like yes that was the film um but i think it will be another best part of a decade before i watch it again um yeah small screen score matthew Small Sorry, screen, Matthew. Matt. That's okay. Um, I thought you, I thought you were my mother there for a second. <laughs> um, small screen score. Um, it's not really hugely cinematic in terms of composition and light and cinematography. It's really well shot. It looks great, but it's it doesn't lose that much going down to the small screen. So the higher the score, the more I think it's watchable on a small screen. Am I right? So right, yeah, yeah. So I'll give it a, a four point five. No problem. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I would say uh I would say what he said. Uh a, a, about a 4. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't lose much. It's it is a, it's a dark and it's all um you keep going into small doors and small portals and so is it going to make a difference if those are blown up on the big screen? I don't really think so. It's 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 quite an interior film in all ways, all meanings of that word. So 4. Helen. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. I was thinking like if this was on at the Prince Charles, would I would I go out of my way to go and rewatch it in the cinema? I'm trying to remember what it was like watching it in the cinema. I think there was probably only maybe like three people in the cinema at the time. So in terms of like the shared viewing experience, there was just like lots of empty spaces. So I don't think seeing it in company um, really adds that much to it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a five, actually. I think it it kind of works perfectly well on um the the small screen and i don't think there's anything added by seeing it at the cinema i think um if this was to come out now not in the pandemic times but if this has come out in modern times i would definitely gone to the cinema to watch it um just out of pure interest but i i've only seen it on a small screen and enjoyed it a lot in both instances and don't think i missed out on anything but i think the prince charles there must i imagine there must be a good kind of groundswell of people who would love to see this in Prince Charles because there are so, it is a really funny film and there are so many little throwaway lines I think you just they're almost they are just literally tossed away like that how old are you 105 and I, I really love that 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 um, orienteering video where you have a small person meeting um, you know I think Richard Lester I can't remember what his name was um, and explaining why there's a floor seven and a half and all that whole scene is just uh, ridiculous Um so I think I'd like to see it with more people, but I don't think, like Helen, I don't think I'd go to the effort of doing so. So that's a roundabout way of saying a high small screen score with you guys, 4.5. Um, engagement score, Matt. Engagement, um, which means how, how much did it engage me? Yeah, how much did it engage you? How um, a low engagement score would be where you were checking your phone every every couple of minutes, not bothered okay. doing ironing. Yep, that's a, it's easy to answer that. So um, I was I was rewatching it for this podcast, and I was tired, and I was going, should I watch it tonight? 
should I put it off and then watch it tomorrow um, when I'm a, a, a little less tired? So I, I said, okay, I'm going to watch the first 10, 15 minutes of it. And it hooked me right through, right through, right to the very end. So it not only is it engaging, it's engaging enough to pull me through a real tired patch late in the evening. So 100% five out of five engagement. Yeah. Yeah, I will give it a very high engagement score. It's a uh, I I was bright eyed and bushy tailed when I watched it, so I didn't I didn't have <laughs> that issue uh, that Matthew had. Um, but uh, what's all this Matthew so, stuff? Excuse I me, do, I don't know, I don't know. You look like a Matthew today. <laughs> um, the there is so much going on in in the plot, and uh, I. At the very beginning, I was worried, am I going to be confused again? Is am I going, Are there going to be so many threads that I'm going to have to really keep track of? And, it, and it's not that. There's just multiple layers and multiple uh, interactions with different characters crossing and Venn diagramming each other. It isn't, it is extreme, extremely engaging. And the dialogue is very funny. It keeps you going. Uh, so I, I will give it a five. Yeah, five. Helen. So I've not mentioned it yet, but this film is one hour and 52 minutes, so it's quite long. Doesn't feel it. Didn't. So um, it is quite a long one, and I, I, I love it to bits, but I think it's it loses a slight momentum, and I think it's when um, Swartz and, and, you know, becomes a permanent, um, embodies Melkovich permanently, and it's the bit with this kind of like puppeteer career and it, it slows down a little bit for me. And I remember watching it this time, kind of wanting it to to pick up to sort of the, because it's quite zany, the pace to begin with, because we get inside Malkovich really quickly and that's all really, really fast. And then it, it sort of slows down to a bit. And I kind of wanted it to maintain its slight kind of, you know, ongoing weirdness. weirdness. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, waiting to get to like even more of the weird stuff um so i'm gonna give it a, a 4.5 because i was just sort of like come on get to, get to the, the bit where they you know it's nearly midnight and all the action happens i'm gonna go for five for this i think i won't watch it frequently but when i do watch it, um i'll be in in it in it from the start all the way through to the end um and it, and it deserves that and it deserves it i think so that gives us an overall score of four point two zero three one three, which is which is high, which is very high. That's good. Um, repeat viewing score took it down a, a bit, but still, I think that's fair. Yeah, so do listen out to us, guys, uh, because we do give a shout out before we go into a record and say something very similar to this. We're reviewing Bean John Markovic with Thea and Matt Bun at Podcast Review Show. Have you seen this? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five run on their shout out. Uh, so we had one review. We had a couple of reviews. Um, Matt, do you want to take the first one? Okay. So um, this goes. The first time I watched Bean John Malkovich, I remember literally saying that was good, but I wouldn't watch it again. I've seen it at least five times since. Five stars. Tia, can you see the second one? Let's see. Uh, it is the What Were They Thinking podcast. Five stars. Fucking love this movie and have never missed a, a Charlie Kaufman's script since this. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Can you just sign off by telling us where we can find you, uh, what your podcast online, and say goodbye. Okay, thanks for having us. It's been really great fun. Um, uh, myself and Thea are from The Podcast Review Show. I think it's at Pod Review Show. I might have sent you the wrong link there. At Pod Review Show. Is that right, Thea? That is yeah. correct. Um, so 
the podcast review show where we review, we try and review podcasts with a bit of bit of depth and, and give them a bit of consideration. Thanks for having us, Kobe and Helen. It was lovely to be here. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming on. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 